Welcome to Bounce Back Like a Badass, your weekly dose of real and honest conversations about when life gets a little or a lot messy and how to find your way back more humbled, more empowered, more determined, and hopefully with some badass stories to share. Here's your host, Kat Coley. Hey guys, this is Kat. You are listening to episode number three. And this week we are talking all about my fall from grace. See you in the podcast. Hey guys, it's Kat. Thank you so much again for being here. I truly appreciate your time and tuning in. This week I'm going to talk more about the events that led to my uh, downfall, my rock bottom. I touched on it a little bit last week and I didn't feel it was important to share the specifics then. Just, just, because I just wanted to give you kind of the overall from, you know, where I, I was at to what it ended up being, you know, several years later. Um, although I do know that the actual events itself are important uh, because it is what led me to all this, you know, again, transformation, the changes and just kind of my passion and purpose. And it wasn't, you know, this big aha moment in my life. It was a huge struggle and getting there um, wasn't easy, but I do want to share the story, not for the shock and awe, because there is an el- there are elements of the shock and awe of it, but just because I know that sharing it will allow people to understand that we all have gone through something. Maybe we regret, maybe we're ashamed of, maybe embarrassed about, don't want to be judged for, want to leave in the past, don't want to talk about it, but we've all gone through something or, or going through something or about to go through something that'll change our life our lives completely, our perspective, our way of thinking, our sense of security, our sense of uh, self-worth, all of those things, com- things combined, we've, we, we are all, you know, at some point in our lives are going to go through that. And I want to, and the reason for me to share the story, again, is, is not to glorify it um, or justify it by any means. It's just to say that we are capable of incredible things, although sometimes we have to break down to nothing or almost nothing or or down to our rock bottom to find and realize what we are capable of. And and sometimes it is finding a needle in a haystack. Uh, and sometimes it it's people telling us it's you know it's it's other you know it, it's it comes from other people's um, opinion or com- comes from other people's advice. A lot of times, which I've found, is we find it in ourselves. And, and the journey there is what I help my clients through. And so, I, again, I, I don't want to spend too much time on the actual events. I want to spend a lot of time on, you know, what it means. So for those that, um, you know, that know my story, uh, know the details of it. And for those that don't, again, this, this might come as a shock. So, um, and one of the reasons why, or a couple of reasons why I hesitated when I first started in my business about talking about this was because one, again, there's, there's a level of shame and there's a level of guilt, um, that's continues to surround it because I went through the ripple effects of these decisions. So I saw the domino effect of, you know, what happens, you know, much later, you know, years down the road of how, you know, these decisions, these very selfish and, um, 
decisions that I made and mistakes and that I made affected the 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 overall um, journey of my life and those of, of of others around me. And secondly, my family. You know, they've got they went through. I, I don't know, ex- you know. I will never know exactly what they went through because they, you know, they they went through it from the other side of me, uh, on the other side. And but I know that there's, you know, there's still a level of embarrassment and shame that I just didn't want to bring back to my family. And honestly, there are some of my family, extended family members who don't, I don't live close to, that never knew exactly what happened, or not, not even exactly what happened. That that have never known this actually even happened. So for me to be talking about it, um, you know, it, it, to or to want to talk about it, or the need to talk about it. I had to contemplate, I had to do the pros and cons, you know, and, um, and what it came down to was it was important. The message was important. The story in it of itself, you know, is shocking, but the actual messaging and the actual after effect of it and the reasons and the lessons learned is important. And that is where my, business grew from not so much the salacious you know tell-all um story and events that happened so without going without without you know a lot more hints about it let me just tell you about what happened so if you tuned into last week's episode you know that i made some very crucial mistakes very early on in my career and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and and I'm certainly not going to, you know, dance around it. But what it was, was I was stealing from the company that I worked for. And so from the outside, it seemed like I had this huge, you know, this kind of perfect life. And, and I didn't, I I carried this shame and and it, it continued because it was, it was, it was a, um, it was someone had explained it not explained it to me but in a way that makes sense it was I was you know robbing Peter to pay Paul so it became kind of this vicious absolute vicious cycle for years and um that I hit and every time so one side of me was doing these very terrible things making these decisions to live this life that I you know didn't earn and the other side of me was actually working really, really hard at what I was doing to try to impress people and try to do a good job. And then, you know, I, I, you know, I, I still did want to do a good job. I didn't do a shit job. I, you know, as far as my career went and I would, it was continuing to go up the ladder. However, I was, had this huge dark secret that I carried on with me and it was just this guilt. And I think I, I talked about it in one of the blogs that I, I did. And I said that it was, it never, because I was carrying the secret for a very long time, it never allowed me to let anyone in. I always had, you know, kind of this, this wall. And that was people that were closest to me. Nobody knew of this, um, except for one person that I didn't, I wasn't aware of that knew, but I, I didn't know she knew until much, much later. But um, so it, it became one of these things where um, I, I led two very different lives. I, you know, was kind of trying to keep up um, this lie and, you know, trying to keep up this facade. And then I lived this very, you know, from the outside looking in this perfect life where, you know, I had a partner that we had fun. We had this group of friends and, and, you know, we went on vacations together. We had, you know, we did parties, we are families. And I mean, we just did these things for years. I'm not talking months, but years. And then in this, um, 
story is is what happens and, and because it because it was bound to happen i couldn't keep this going for um you know for any long for any longer i mean i literally was dying inside <laughs> because i i just i was fearful of course i was guilty the phone would ring um my boss would look at me weird. I would get a phone call from accounting or whatever it was. And my heart would just sink every single time because, I, of course, you know, just when you carry this much guilt, you're always guilty about something. And someone would say something, it would trigger something. And 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 so I had been stealing, you know, this money and, and trying to repay it back. And but there was it, again, it was just became this vicious cycle. And lo and behold, one day I get called in to help investigate somebody that they thought was doing something in our department. And initially I was like, oh shit, it's me. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, it was somebody else. And so, and I'm, again, I've, I've been asked about this a million times and, and, and the question always is, you know, I, I don't have an answer because I, you weren't there and I was trying to do my best to with the with, in the situation I was in. So at the time, um, I was brought in to begin this investigation and I was asked then or shortly thereafter, after it was all found out, you know, why I never spoke up. And I was just scared. I was, I was scared. I was scared of being found out. I was scared of being found out as a fraud. I was scared of all the lies. I was scared of hurting people. I was scared of disappointing people. I was scared of being fired. I was just scared. I was, I was literally scared. And I, 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 I always, um, I, always explain this in a way that hopefully some people and, and, and you know, maybe a few people will, will understand. It's, let's just say you, you, you caught your partner cheating and you want to know all the salacious details, all, you know, and they're not, they're not willing to come forward with it because one, they don't want to hurt you anymore. And two, they don't want to see that, you know, they don't want to see, you know, the disappointment and the look in your eyes and they just don't want to make it worse. So they'll just give you little bits and pieces of it. So, you know, you're asking for details and they're not willing to give it to you or they're not, or, you know, you're asking, you know, how many times did it happen? And they'll say once or twice, but it's actually four five, six, seven times. And it's not because they, and maybe in some situations it's because they're not capable of telling the truth, but it's just in, in some cases, um, they just don't want to hurt you anymore and they don't want to see. And, and so it's, or they, and they want to, you know, they, they're fearful of telling more and exposing more. And that's basically where I found myself was, yes, I definitely could have raised my hand and be like, I am not the right person for this. Um, but I was, and, and I knew that there, the end was near. I knew that it was super close to me and the end was near. I just didn't know exactly when. And so when it happened, um, I was brought in and the tables had turned and the investigation then turned on me. And so again, I'm, I, I, I can't go through all the details. There's a second party that's, you know, that's kind of involved in this, um, which had nothing to do with me. Um, but we were brought in together. Um, and, and so, you know, I won't speak for that side of it. That said, um, I was fired, obviously. And that's kind of the start of this whole thing. Like I couldn't, I, I didn't know which way to turn. I was, I, I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know what to turn to. 
Um, my partner didn't know. Um, nobody knew again, except for this one person who had known. And then, and basically that's the reason why I was found out was, was through that anyway. Um, so, so this kind of, this struggle and this battle went on and on. And, and I ended up leaving where I was living. And and if you go back to last week's podcast, you know that I left town, um, with my partner and because he got this amazing job and that was kind of the first inkling I think I mentioned even then of like manifestation because my sister um, had given me the book The Secret um, and I was like this is a bunch of bullshit I don't believe in it Um, but she was like you've got nothing to lose and at the time honestly I had nothing to lose absolutely everything to gain and nothing to lose so whether I believed it or not I had nothing to lose. So I did it. I did the practices. I did, you know, what it told me to. And lo and behold, things started to happen. Um, and one of them was this this job. And so we left. And then a couple years after leaving, nothing was re- nothing was resolved from from my, my my the business that I that I had left or I was fired from. And it all kind of came to a head after we had gotten married and had a baby. Um, and I was asked to come back to kind of to go through my sentencing. And what happened was I was told by my lawyer. And again, this there's a whole other completely, <laughs> totally different story when it comes to my lawyer and how I attained my lawyer and what then happened and, and so on and so forth. But, um, so my lawyer had said it, I was, it was, it was a white collar crime at the, and I had no criminal history to speak of, not even a traffic ticket and that I would, you know, get probation of five years at the, maybe at the minimum of five years. He said he could possibly be more. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, five-year probation, what does that mean? Uh, you know, because I think, you know, for those who don't know, and hopefully nobody knows the criminal justice system as well as I do now, um, is that, you know, probation, you've, you know, you have a parole officer that's attached to you and you, um, you've got to get clearance to, you know, go out of town, go out of the you know, state, blah, blah, blah. And so you just, there's just things that you can and can't do because you are still kind of under the rule of the state, you know, for the crime that you've done. So I was like, okay, well, you know, that's, I'll take that. So I go to my sentencing um, and I tell this story because I tell you how confident I was that I was going to get probation because I parked in the, the courtrooms or the, the court offices, um, four hour valet parking thinking, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go and get out in four hours. Well, I went in, um, and it was absolutely surreal. And I talk a lot more about this on my website. I talk a lot more about this in the book that's coming out, but the, the whole experience leading up to this even, um, and this day was absolutely surreal and moving and all the things that happened thereafter um and I let's just I didn't go home (laughs) I didn't go home in the four hours actually I didn't go home in um 19 months so I was actually sentenced to prison um so I went to prison for 19 months and I say that now and I can say that you know with confidence in my voice and but you know believe me it it obviously wasn't that easy and it was actually very difficult so um, again 
I will go through more of my story and what happened, but I ju- I wanted to let you know. So that was, that's the story that, that was my fall. That was, you know, I was caught stealing money from the company I worked for. I was fired. I left town and, um, hoping to get probation. And I was made an example of along with, you know, somebody else that was in, in my department. Um, and, rightfully so and I, I will say you know I look at this and I go sometimes I, I compare you know what my sentencing structure was compared to somebody else and I'm always like oh my gosh you know wow it's you know it's quite a difference but regardless of that um you know I did something absolutely wrong and that's the punishment and those are the circumstances and I could look at it and argue it and and say you know I I was made you know I actually just did just try to justify it when I said I was being made an example of regardless of that like I could have stolen five dollars and you know that could have been enough for them to prosecute and you know five dollars or five thousand dollars it doesn't really matter the money you know I stole something and that is something that I live with every day that stigma of something I live with every day I'm also considered an ex-felon which is an, an uh, a, a stigma that I continue to live with and will continue to live with for the rest of my life I will hear that word and it, it's a trigger for me and I know that now and um, at the time when I was going through all of, you know, all of this was when the TV show had just come out. So Orange is the New Black. And so um, till this day, I cannot watch that show. Um, and till this day, any show that has the prison in it, um, I shy away from. And it just is because I know it's a trigger for me. It's just I know, you know. I have accepted it. I've taken responsibility for it. However, it's still quite a, a, you know, a soft spot for me, a sensitive spot for me. So what I will say is that I wasn't in maximum prison for a long time. Um, out of those 19 months, I transitioned uh, quite quickly out of that because my crime was very, um, I don't want to say white collar, but it was very white collar compared to, you know, the, the enormity of, of other crimes. Um, but that being said, a crime was a crime. I was where I was at and it was, um, you know, a quite humbling experience, but I transitioned quickly out of, you know, high level security to a very, it's called community secure, uh, community level, which I was able to find, um, I, I, I lived in a, um, a housing unit uh, that housed both men and women in, in separate quarters, but I was able to leave throughout the day and come back. I, I had a job. I couldn't have a car or a cell phone or any of those things, but I, I could go out and have a job and come back. And I volunteered at a, um, a church-run secondhand store. And so I talk again, I talk more about this, the transition and all the things that happened um, on my website and on in, in the book that's about to come out. But I just I I tell this story because. And, I, you know, I tell it so matter of factly now, but it was traumatizing um, going to prison, being in prison and seeing those barbed wires being in the company that I was in. That said, it was 
the most transformative time in my life. It was the most compelling time of my life. It was the most honest time in my life. Because for the very first time in as long as I could remember, I did not have to pretend to be anyone but myself. Even if I didn't know myself. So there was no pretending. There was no putting up these facades or these walls. I was in there with the worst of the worst. I was in there with people who had the same type of crime, less crime, uh, or different crime, um, different levels of crime, I guess you could say. But regardless, we were all in there. There was no pretending one was better than the other. Um, And so for the first time in my life, I could breathe. And I could actually try to figure out who I was. And that's where my transformation happened. It didn't happen overnight. Believe me, there were many, many, many nights and days of utter confusion, of guilt, of shame, of embarrassment. Um, I didn't know how I was going to get through it, but I did. I met some amazing people (laughs) um, while there. whether they just happened to be at the right place at the right time or I would happen to be at the right place at the right time for them to give me a message that I needed to hear and then they were gone as it was a very transitional place to be in. People come and go all the time. Um, I learned the most about myself in there and it was... the most trying time because I was away from my husband and my daughter. Um, And some, I I came back um, and one person who I looked up to tremendously and I felt was one of my mentors. I was, and this is part of my transition, part of the, the changes that I needed to accept is that People weren't going to understand what I've went through. And I couldn't expect them to understand what I went through. And so one thing that has, that stuck with me after I had come home and met with this person was I had written about trying to keep myself upbeat and finding the silver lining and things. And she read it as I was in a good place and she couldn't understand how I could have been in a good place where I was at when I was away from my family. And And the only way for me to actually get through that situation was I had to change my way of thinking. And so, but I wanted her to join me in that place 
of understanding where I was coming from. And there was just no absolute way she could because she didn't go through it. And I couldn't join her at her place because I wasn't on her side of things. Her side, her view, her perspective are totally different from mine. And so we, I, I couldn't understand and I was quite hurt by what she said. It was like I, she felt like I was, um, from what I conveyed in my writing, because I wrote a lot. And it was, it was like the only one of the one of the ways I I, I um, it was therapy for me. It was therapeutic. Was to write. I wrote every single day. Um, was that I? It felt as if I was in like club med. And it hurt to hear that, and it took me a long time to understand what she meant. And that, and again, is this was her perspective. You, she couldn't wrap her mind around what I was going through, and I couldn't ask her to wrap her mind around what I was going through. And so, the message here, and the most important takeaway about this was for me and for anyone that's listening in, is yes, there is the shock of what I went through. But the message is that, and the, and, and the journey that started this is that I am the vessel, I am a vessel of change. I'm a vessel of transformation. And when I, can t- when I say, if I can do it, I know it sounds easy when someone says that and we all roll our eyes and says, if I can do it, you can do it, honestly. I came home. And I thought my life was going to go back to normal. And I touched on this last, last week, and it wasn't. And I came home to an absolute mess. No husband, single mom, no, no, um, no job, nothing. And again, I'm not saying this to, you know, to get sympathy or to, 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 to play the victim. I, I, believe me, I've done enough of that on my own. I'm saying it because... Sometimes it, I, I even asked myself when I came home and this realization that the, I was not coming home to the life I left, that that life no longer existed. And I was thinking, I thought I had gone through the worst of it. And then being home and feeling like I was worse off than, I, in, than where I was just at was like a second sentence. And I kept asking, how do I get through this? How do I get through this? And it was in this time that I had to go back and think about the things that I did while I was away and think about the, the lessons I learned and think about all the books that I read because I read a lot of books, like over 400 books I read about ourselves, our mind, our, what we're capable of. And all of these things was to get me through where I was at. I didn't realize that I was going to then need it even more so when I came home, but I did. And it was a wealth of gold, but it took a while to get there. It took a while for me to realize it. It took a lot of, um, limiting doubts and beliefs and thoughts and of thinking I wasn't worth it and that my life was over and that no one was ever going to love me or want me or I was never ever going to find a job because I tried and you know that ex-felon was on there and I had to explain and who was ever going to hire me all of these things all of these things I was thinking what am I going to do 
And I had the support of my amazing family. Um, I did have support of some of my friends. And that was enough. And I had to find it inside of me. And we and the and what I want to convey in this, and this is now getting much longer than I anticipated, but is that in all of us, in each of us, we are capable of incredible things. And it all starts in the mind. It ends, it starts and it ends there. And I've realized that many, many years later of after doubts and self-sabotage and not knowing my worth and not understanding my value and not knowing that, you know, my, despite of what I've gone through, despite the, cha- the, the, the mistakes that I had made, that they do not define me. None of those define me. And they don't define you either. And so that is, this is the reason why I tell my story. And again, there's a lot more involved. There's a lot more details in all of it. Um, I, I, I could go on forever, of course, and just even just everything, everything involved. Um, I could go on forever. But I, for this purpose and for this podcast, the takeaway that I want you to walk away from is that, honestly, you are capable of incredible things and I don't care what you have gone through what someone has done to you what you have done to yourself you have the absolute right to change the course of your life and you can start today and just like that you can start to change the direction of your life so with that I'm going to end this. <laughs> um, thank you again for listening. I, I truly value your time and I'm grateful for you for l- tuning in. Next week, um, after, next, after next week's episode, um, we'll start the interview side of this podcast in talking to more amazing people or talking not to more, but talking to and hearing of stories of amazing and incredible people who have gone through their own journeys and have gone through their own rock bottoms and we talk about more about how they've turned their lives around and what they've gone through and what lessons they've learned and what action steps that they can provide to all of us on uh, on how we can start to implement some of those things into our lives so with that thank you so much again for being here i really appreciate it and i will see you in the next episode bye guys Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully we can stay connected and you can follow me on Instagram at Kat Coley Coach or my Facebook page at Kat Coley Coach or you can email me at any time at cat at catcoley.com or if you'd love to hear more about my services or more podcast episodes or anything in between, check out my website, catcoley.com. Again, Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and I will chat with you next time.